Hey, it's Craig. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Canadian History X early and ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Greetings and welcome to another episode of Canadian History X. Before I continue, if you want to support the podcast, you can by going to patreon.com slash CanadaX. That's E-H-X. Today we have a very special interview with Baltej Singh Dillon, who was the first person in the RCMP to be able to wear a turban, and he helped to change some of the rules with the RCMP. But he's not just that. He had a long and illustrious career with the organization, and while he is retired from the RCMP now, he is still involved in law enforcement. Now, before we continue, I'm actually going to play a CBC story from about 1989 to kind of give some context to what a big deal this was back in the day. Today, we probably don't think too much about it because, well, somebody wants to wear a turban while they work, that's their prerogative, and people like Baltej helped change that. So, we're going to go to the CBC interview and then straight into the interview I had with Baltej yesterday. Baltej Dillon would do almost anything to become an RCMP officer, except shave his beard and give up wearing his turban. Dylan is a Sikh, and he is bound by his tradition to wear religious garments. I don't think it will, ma- uh, it will make any difference at all as far as my uh, job requirements go. Uh, it is not going to be a hindrance as far as becoming a police officer and doing my duties as a police officer. Dylan has passed all tests for the RCMP. Nevertheless, he'll have to wait for his job. Even though the RCMP said last spring that it would allow Sikh members to wear traditional religious dress, nothing has changed. Burnaby MP Sven Robinson has urged the federal government to act quickly on the matter. Uh, Canada's multicultural reality is such that uh, uh, Sikhs should be uh, invited and encouraged to join the RCMP. This is an essential part of their religion and it should be respected. But the delay in the law is not the only thing Dylan is up against. A lot of people consider the RCMP and its uniform a symbol of Canadian tradition and they don't want that to change. In Calgary, thousands of people signed a petition urging the government not to change the rules. That petition was presented to Parliament last month. And more recently, this pin was distributed by a Calgary businessman. A lot of the Albertans, I feel, the 90,000 people that signed this petition, have very little information or no information about what the Sikh goes through or what the Sikh life is concerned. I've heard many comments that say, uh, well, the Sikh's tradition of wearing a turban should not uh, hinder with the Canadian tradition of wearing a a tunic and uh, the red shirt. It's not my tradition. This is a 500-year-old religion. Vancouver RCMP say Dylan is a good applicant, but that there's nothing they can do until the ruling comes down. For his part, Dylan is determined that when the time comes, he'll be fit for the job. Dan Gothrop, CBC News, sir. Um, so I guess first question, uh, you arrived in Canada uh, as, a, as a young boy, right? Yes, I was 16 at the time. And what kind of led you to decide to pursue a career in the RCMP? Well, it wasn't actually my first choice. I was actually um, working towards and planning to enter into a career uh, in law. And uh, while I was at uh, college uh, and, and then uh, preparing to move on to university, I was uh, 
uh, told by one of my instructors that uh, to better my resume for law school, it'd be good if I were to volunteer with the RCMP uh, or law enforcement agency, which then led to um, taking part in the volunteer program called the Blockwatch program, and then later on becoming a summer student um, and uh, uh, expanding that program in the, in the municipality of uh, Surrey. Uh, during that time, I got to work with a number of police officers, who I, uh, I've, out of which uh, three of them I consider early mentors, uh, Greg Nixon, Dan Gibbons, and Bob Rogalski, who all uh, took a, a great interest in um, you know my work and, and my time with the RCMP and were very supportive and also planted the seed in considering law enforcement as a career. Um, and it was over a period of two years after working with them, going in a number of ride-alongs, working with the RCMP, that I, uh, you know, consciously decided to change a career paths and uh, began to pursue uh, a career in law enforcement, applying to a number of different law enforcement agencies here in BC. And that's how I got to uh, finally, uh, at, at, uh, at a later date, uh, uh, be hired on by the uh, accepted by the RCMP. Um, when you uh, decided to uh, apply, did you know about the the rules regarding beards and turbans? Yeah, actually, no. I, I, you know, there was a that was ignorance on my part. I had no uh, uh, sort of understanding that there were going to be restrictions. Having come from Malaysia, uh, I grew up uh, seeing police officers uh, wearing turbans and beards, and there were no. Uh, restrictions or prohibitions uh, for police officers from the Sikh faith uh, to serve with uh, with their uh, faith intact, with their beards and, and turbans. So I uh, expected that uh, there just hadn't been anyone uh, prior uh, that had applied to work and recognizing that back in the 80s, uh, early 80s, um, the uh, South Asian community was also in low numbers here in the Lower Mainland, nothing like what we have today. Mm -hmm. And so there were a number of um, areas that, you know, South Asian uh, community members had yet to take part in or, or were represented, were represented in. And, and so given that, I, I uh, one, did not uh, really think about the fact that there may have been a policy that would disallow me to in uh, in uh, joining any force uh and secondly didn't really even think about it given my experience from malaysia and so then you apply uh you pass all the requirements and uh you you become uh, a trainee in regina uh what was it kind of like to begin with uh, especially with having the beard and 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 uh wanted to have the turban <laughs> different for sure <laughs> I, uh, I still remember uh, arriving in depot um, you know it was a cold November evening uh, when the plane landed and we were uh, shuttled into uh, depot um, in a van uh, we had police officers cadet police officers waiting to pick us up 
it was all very ominous and we got to the guard room and you know we were given our dorm and our it was like getting checked into a prison actually now i got to think of it we got our we got our pillows and our and our sheets and our blankets and our and our uh, toiletries and such and uh, we got led down two by two to the uh, dorm and um basically got uh, given some uh, very short instructions by our big brother troop and uh, away we went um the next day uh when i uh and i still remember this vividly because there was at the time there were about 600 uh police officers or cadets that were going through training and i when i arrived at the mess there's this turn that you have to take uh as you walk into the mess through a through a doorway and uh until you get to the doorway you actually can't see the mess and the folks in the mess can't see you and, and as i came around the corner you know, I got, uh, and as you can imagine, a mess is very loud. People are talking. Well, that was, uh, as I came around the corner, that was a moment where everybody took a, took a break out of their, out of their meal to, uh, pause and, and look over to see, uh, to see the fellow with the turban. So that was, uh, 1200 eyes uh, looking back at me, uh, at that time, you know, it was, uh, it wasn't anything that I prepared for or thought would happen, but, uh, I remember it, and and that went on for a little bit. But uh, you know, after a while, I, I became part of the troop. Everybody was just too busy to think about anything else, so it it went on. And so uh, then, uh, I guess that CBC News story kind of how did that come mm-hmm. about? Where they did that uh, story on you, and then from there, things kind of exploded out outward through Canada. Yeah, sure. Um, well, interestingly enough, and, 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 you know, and this has been a bit of a, uh, and some folks uh, thought that, well, Baltes joined the RCMP simply to change the uniform. Well, I, I can tell you there's nothing more further than the truth, because um, what, I, what I wanted to do was become a police officer, not an RCMP officer. Um, at the time, I had applied to the Vancouver City Police, Delta Police, New West Police, and the RCF. Yeah, I, I was happy just being accepted into an, any law enforcement agency because my interest was the work, not so much uh, the uniform that I was going to be wearing uh, or which uniform I was going to be wearing. Um, so I had actually qualified for the Vancouver City Police as well, who called me about a week after um, the RCMP had offered me a position, which I took. The CBC report. <clears throat> Um, came out uh, when I after I applied to the Vancouver City Police. Uh, so what had happened was the RCMP was, you know, keeping things fairly quiet and uh, tight. Uh, but uh, when the CBC uh, contacted the, the VPD, they were, um, you know, very open in sharing that yes, there was there is a fellow that is applying to the RCMP or, or to the VPD, the Vancouver Police Department, and. He's going through the process and so on, um, and uh, they then phoned me and asked if I would be willing to do an interview. Um, and that's when I had to make a decision. I, I consulted with some um, folks, uh, elders, and um, I felt it was important that uh, I took um, a proactive approach in uh, providing information, having Canada see, um, you know. Uh, who I was, and also be able to share um, information that possibly was not available to all Canadians, and uh, and with that maybe minimize some of the 
fears, concerns, questions, uh, curiosity, uh, and ignorance that uh, was in many ways fueling some of the commentary and, 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 and really, to be honest, some of the hatred. And um, like you say, there, there was a lot of hatred. I know there was somebody making pins and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but you also had quite a few supporters. And from what I read, the RCMP commissioner was kind of in support of you as well. Yes. So he um, initially, when I was offered the job, um, you know, I was asked if I would be willing to remove my turban and shave my beard and comply with the existing RCMP policy. Uh, I at that point shared that I was not and that this was uh, something that was uh, very precious to me. It was my relationship with my, uh, you know, faith as well as a commitment that I had made to my my late father. Um, it was post that that the RCAD commissioner then um, entered into a process process of investigation uh, and also cons- consultation with uh, his own multicultural advisory uh, community uh, committee. And out of that, uh, some nine months later, the results were that um, the change of uniform to allow Sikhs. Uh, to serve in the RCMP uh, is appropriate and is in keeping with the uh, Charter of Rights and Freedoms in, uh, that we all uh, enjoy in Canada. Um, so the commissioner uh, certainly was the one who uh, eventually made those recommendations that were taken to Parliament and then were uh, accepted in Parliament by uh, all, all three parties at the time. Um, I guess it may seem to some people like... Uh... You know, the CBC news story kind of pushed the RCMP to to make in those changes. But uh, with how you're describing it, it seemed kind of like that that was already a process that was happening. And even without the any kind of news story or any kind of media coming uh, towards it. Yeah, I think there was already conversations. And again, I don't know this firsthand. So these are all assumptions on my part. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I certainly in speaking with the with one of the members on the multicultural uh, committee, uh, advisory committee for the commissioner at the time, that uh, that um, statement uh, seems accurate that there was already work underway uh, to, um, you know, begin modernizing the RCMP. Uh, looking at ways to um, include uh, other, uh, you know, citizens of Canada that are from different uh, racialized communities as part of the force. So this was already something that uh, I think the RCMP was uh, in uh, was it was in the works with and was uh, already moving through uh, and and was uh, progressive in, in its thinking. So then uh, you, you graduate and you, uh, I guess your, your first posting was in Quinell. Uh, I guess what, what, uh, what was it like now that you kind of had the media, you, you know, a lot of eyes were on you uh, to, to go to your first assignment uh, after all of this? Well, real life began, I guess. Um, well, before I got to Quinell, I, I, I was actually um, here in the lower mainland for a couple of weeks uh, and uh, my sister was getting married, uh, at which time I, and this is real life, uh, I got informed by the RCMP that there was a credible uh, threat to my life and they wanted to sequester me uh, while they investigated it, um, which I had to turn down uh, given that my wife or my sister was getting married. Uh, They did find the fellow who kept calling the RCMP or detachments to 
tell them that uh, he was going to put a bullet in me if uh, uh, every time I every time he saw me on TV. And uh, shortly after that, I went to uh, Cornell. Uh, as we arrived in Cornell, I there was a there was a welcoming um, sort of sign uh, as we drove into Cornell. It said, uh, "Welcome to Cornell Turbo Cop." Um, <laughs> I, I, yeah, absolutely. I, I didn't know what to make of that, but I certainly saw it as an opportunity. I thought, well, someone's uh, brought me some uh, lemons. I uh, might as well make some lemonade out of it. Uh, so I realized that in a small town like that, everybody had seen that, uh, you know, four by eight um, mm -hmm. plywood sign uh, nailed to a tree on the main highway. So I adopted that moniker I, while I was in Cornell, and uh, everybody knew me as Turbo Cop, uh, which was uh, which was perfectly <laughs> fine. Um, that got me, uh, you know, uh, close to the uh, kids and the students in the schools, and gave us something to talk about. Um, and it also, uh, you know, some of that humor lessened the tension as I spoke to different people, and people wanted to approach me and talk to me. Uh, so that was perfectly fine. Uh, they were yeah go ahead oh no sorry i was just gonna say that yeah the sign is it's a very odd one because on one hand you can take it to be you know in regards to the turban but then it can be also be a, a good thing so i was really confused by the sign and kind of the message that they were trying to put across <laughs> there <laughs> yeah yes i i wish uh i i i could have met the fellow that uh, had put that together but uh, we never did but i honored the work and the labor that he put into it because uh, you know it's not easy to put <laughs> welcome to cornell turbo comp on a four by eight sheet and make sure all the words fit <laughs> <laughs> so that took some planning and some effort so i i wanted to honor that <laughs> um how was it in cornell i guess you were there for a while and yeah, uh, you know, Cornell, uh, we fell in love with Cornell, and uh, I, I'm hopeful that uh, certainly the people in Cornell uh, liked us just as much. And, and certainly with all of the, when we when we left Cornell, we had a great send-off, and, you know, um, we had lots of folks in the community come up to us, and we're very appreciative of our time there. We made a lot of friends. I, I got a letter from the council, uh, you know, honoring, and, and I understood that that was the first time that a police officer was given such a letter by the council, uh, appreciating my work in the community and setting up many of the programs uh, that still exist today. Um, so there were, you know, instances where I had to deal with uh, the ignorance that people carry, and, uh, and that... Uh, that I think was, uh, I, I had signed up for that, so I, I'm not uh, going to complain. Um, but I would sh share that we certainly had many, many more uh, high uplifting moments than we did any of the ones that were, you know, bad mm -hmm. or ugly, you know. Um, over time, did it, it kind of just die away? I Like, obviously, when the first reports come out and everybody's up in arms but then as you get start moving through the 90s did it just kind of become something that like uh you didn't really have any like there was nobody with issues with it or did it kind of still pop up as you went through your career um i it did pop up i think less and less uh every now and then i would surprise someone uh i think there are still people in this country that uh remain uh you know in a place of ignorance god bless their souls uh that uh every now and then i i uh find myself surprising when i let them know that uh you know in the most recent times i'm an inspector in the rcmp and this is what i do and 
and uh, you know, it takes them a takes them a few seconds to have all of those things line up in their head before they before they say something back. Um, but for the most part, I would say that uh, we have come a long way, mm-hmm. and uh, with the added uh, community into Canada and our commitment to becoming more informed and uh, respectful uh, and accepting and understanding of uh, racialized communities and the fact that we're all, you know, in many ways, uh, settlers other than uh, our indigenous communities, uh, who are the, the first people in this country, recognizing some of these truths have certainly softened our approach to how we uh, interact with each other. But there are here and there, mm-hmm. you know, little potholes of racism that we fall into every now and then and uh, say things and do things that are really uncalled for. And um, and so uh, I think there's there's still work to be done, but I would not want to in any way, shape or form uh, disregard or not honor the work that has been done and the, the journey that we've taken together as a nation. Um does it kind of make you feel good knowing that you kind of led the way for, for other people? I know there was another Sikh man who, uh, who joined the RCMP in Burnaby in the late nineties, I believe. Uh, so is it kind of nice, you know, you, you didn't go into the RCMP to become a trailblazer, like you said, but you it kind of helped open the, the door for other people who maybe thought, well, I don't know if I can because of, you know, my beliefs and, and because I have a beard and, and a turban. Yeah, no, no, that, that, that became real for me. While I was in depot, uh, uh, you know, I, there was a one one particular evening which I share often with uh, folks uh, that I tell my story to, where it was a particularly difficult day. We we were just tired. We had uh, we had a, just a very difficult day. We were tired. We had been beaten. We had been running everywhere you can imagine, swimming, fighting, everything, and it was just a difficult. We had people that had quit our troop uh, the week prior, and so on and so forth. When it came time at night uh, to talk to our family friends, we didn't have WhatsApp, any of these things back then. It was a phone on, uh, you know, on the wall that we all took turns calling home with. And so when it came to my turn, I spoke with my wife. And when my mom came on, <clears throat> you know, I felt uh, homesick. I, I heard her voice and I just started to feel very homesick. And she could hear the tremble in my voice. And uh, uh, that was the moment when she said, uh, you need to... Uh, figure this out because this is not about you anymore. <laughs> this is bigger than you, and you need to get this done. <laughs> that, that was, uh, I think, that was the moment that it became very real that I was not just doing this uh, for my own career, but there was there was hopes uh, and expectations, and uh, you know, uh, sort of a responsibility that I had. Um, somehow fallen into uh, that uh, now was on my shoulders to carry uh, through. And 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 over the years, absolutely, uh, Craig, I did not ask to be a trailblazer, to be called an icon, to any of these things, a charter hero. Um, I All I wanted to do was become a police officer and, and uh, do my job. But uh, I'm grateful uh, for the opportunity to have been able to open those doors, uh, lay down the path for others to walk uh, on and, um, you know, be able to serve in, in that way. And uh, if um, and I think that is very much, um, you know, the, the life of a police officer, that if you can take the brunt of the um, 
you know, the, the evil that's out there and, and uh, trying to make it safe for others, then you're doing your job. And that's what my brother and sister police officers do every day. So this was very much in keeping with the work that I had signed up for. And uh, you've retired from the RCMP. So what are you uh, up to now? Well, I wish I was retired. Oh, okay. <laughs> it was more—it was more of a transition, I think. Yes, I did. I did uh, did end my career with the RCMP. I was offered an opportunity to, um, uh, you know, establish a, a new program for the uh, for the province of British Columbia. I am now part of uh, the Organized Crime Agency of British Columbia, uh, working with Combined Forces Special Enforcement Unit. Columbia, uh, putting together and establishing the Crime Guns Intelligence and Investigations Group uh, that is mandated to reduce gun violence in the province of British Columbia. And uh, just my last question, uh, outside of obviously helping to change some things in the RCMP, what are, what, what's kind of your proudest moments in, in uh, being an RCMP officer? Well, I take pride in the times that uh, we've been able to demonstrate because I worked uh, for a number of years as a polygraph operator. Um, you know, my my I think outside of day to day work, uh, where I took pride was when I got my when I got my badge uh, when I graduated. That was probably you know the the I was most proud on that day uh, being able to be sworn in, receive my badge uh, from the commanding officer. And beyond that, what I'm most proud of, having worked in the RCMP um, alongside brother and sister police officers and, and uh, from, you know, uh, who wear all kinds of uh, colored stripes on the side of their pants, uh, is in a country that honors and holds uh, the rule of law uh, as, uh, you know, uh, top of mind and uh, as... Um, as a line in the sand. And um, so we work diligently, uh, not only to bring uh, people uh, who uh, commit um, unlawful acts in Canada, but uh, what I'm also very proud of having worked in a number of different countries around the world on different cases, is that we also work just as hard to prove someone innocent when they are um, you know, falsely accused or uh, find themselves in a situation where uh, the circumstances uh, initially uh, potentially show them to be, to have taken, um, you know, uh, to have caused uh, some illegal acts. So uh, having worked in the RCMP for the last 29 years, uh, I'm very proud of the fact that I belong to an organization. And also, uh, I would say this goes across the board with other police departments as well. Uh, that uh, whole rule of law as uh, uh, its uh, primary uh, sort of guiding principle um, and that we work hard and diligently uh, to um, bring bring forward the truth, period. And that's our job every day is to bring forward and seek out the truth. Uh, so I'm very grateful to have been able to work in an organization such as that. I hope you enjoyed that episode and my interview with Baltej Dillon. It was a very interesting interview and I really like talking to him. You can support the podcast again by going to patreon.com slash CanadaX. If you really enjoyed the podcast episode, you can also give us a rating and review. It helps move us up the charts. And you can email me any questions you have at craig at CanadaX. That's ehx.com. Thanks and we'll see you again next time.